Podcast. Hello and welcome to another weekly episode of the Beer Fridge Podcast. Real beer, real breweries, real opinions. As always, whenever you listen to this podcast, make sure you subscribe and hit that ding a ling a ling to be notified of all the latest episodes. You can show your support by giving us a massive five star rating, thanking you. Or you can head to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash beer fridge podcast. Show your support officially and get access to exclusive content and get some homebrew from the guys as well. Patreon.com forward slash beer fridge podcast. My name is Gavin and I've got my usual drinking buddies. I've got Carl and I've got Scotty to Hottie. Good evening. Hello, hello. Good evening. Good evening. And the reference for Scotty to Hottie will make sense because we've got a returning guest. Patrick Hero, and we've got Neil from Top Rope Brewing. Good evening, Neil. Good evening to the my championship third time, I believe. Yes, one hundred percent. I think we need we should actually make our own belt for that. I reckon it might be out of cardboard and shit, but hey, it, make it big enough to fit me. It'll be fucking massive. <laughs> <laughs> a championship belt is a championship belt, regardless. Exactly, one though. Good to have you on once again, Neil. Thoroughly looking forward to this and going through some of the, the newest beers you've got on offer. But we'll start off as we normally do and go around the virtual table and see what we're starting off this fine evening. Scott, what you got, mate? Uh, so, short horror, um, in true top rope fashion, we've been sent some beers, uh, which is amazing. Uh, thank you again. Um, so, I've started just we were recording, we were talking about it. So, I've, I've went with Booker T first just because. I was hoping for a big bang of flavour and I was trying to start light ABV-wise and both of those things are true. Um, It's, I would say maybe an acquired taste for some, but it's right up my street. Like, I like sweet. um, I like iced tea. It's chock full of fruit. Um, It's got loads of kind of peachy aroma to it. It's properly kind of... If you were over here anyway, because obviously Atlanta places like that, they do sweet tea properly. But um, like, kind of like, uh, obviously it's 3.5%. So that's kind of alcoholic version of the kind of peach iced tea you get in like a Wagamama or something like that. That's the kind of vibes. It's got that sweetness, mm-hmm. that kind of um, almost kind of sweetie style and then you just at the back end get hit with like a big bang of it's got Yorkshire tea in it obviously as <clears throat> it's not as is natural, natural and it's right. got a real tea flavor to it it's, it's a really kind of wicked flavor to get um nice and light obviously abv wise at three and a half percent it's uh it's one to think and start conversation over um i don't think everybody in the world will think it's it's unbelievable but i do um and i'm willing to stand up for it um it's amazing Incredible beer. Sounds good. Sounds good. Cal, what you got? I'm on the same. Oh. I'm on the same. And uh, props for the peach, to be fair, because I think a lot, a lot of times when we've had peach beers or beers with peach in, it's it, it's a flavour that can often get lost and, and become sort of wishy-washy. But there's certainly one thing that that isn't, is, is, is wishy-washy in terms of the peach flavour. It's, it's right up there. Um, I think it's a bit too sweet for me, but again, that just goes back to what Scott's, Scott's saying there. Um, it's, it's obviously the style, and I totally get that. Um, um, I could probably be doing be maybe less on the sweet and more on the tea, but that's, as, as we say, that's the sort of 
that's the sort of sweet tea style um, that, that's going for. It's got a great body. It's a three and a half percent. It's got a great body. It's it's really soft and smooth on in the mouth, and um, it's really like and in terms of refreshment, it really does, you know, absolutely hit the brief a hundred percent. It's super refreshing. Um, but I, it's, it, I I'm I'm enjoying it. Um, but I think probably um, one 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 and done for me. I think I would one one would probably be enough um, for me. But it's it's a lovely view. Which is fair enough, and that's the good thing about the Beer Fish podcast. We've all got different palettes. Lovely, jubbly. Uh, myself, I am on the um, one of the birth. It's I'm sure this is of the birthday beer. Stone Cold Cream Austin, uh, the pineapple ice cream pale ale award winning ice cream uh, range are part of that. Uh, Four point six percent. On the note, you, it's almost it, on the nose. It's like um, kind of almost like sherbet pineapples. It smells like really proper sweet. And almost smell it smells like tart, but it's, the taste by no means is tart whatsoever. Um, you get that it's that kind of sweety pineapple taste. I feel like you're getting super super sweet. And in the back end, it just like almost becomes like cream, and then just melts, and then just becomes ice cream. Which I still can't get my head around how a beer tastes like ice cream. I was tasting it, but I I opened it before we started recording. Before any of you guys showed up, and I was drinking it, and I'm like ah, da, da, and I completely forgot that it was. It was an ice cream pail, and I'm like, "This is why does this taste like ice cream?" And then I was like, mm. "It's the ice cream pineapple paleo, which makes perfect sense." And it's it's it just baffles you. It baffles, and it's actually really, really good. Not doesn't baffle in a bad way. It's such a nice, sweet beer, nice and light. Four point six percent. Um, I could eat. I could eat. I could <laughs> see. What I mean, think of eating ice cream. Um, you could drink three or four of these nice and easily and it would be a lovely session and you'd have such a good time and with such good beer. And by God, fuck you, Neil. I don't know how you do it. It's fucking good. Yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. Neil, what are you drinking? Uh, I've started on the old favourite of Path Mango. Nice. Because uh, uh, as, as you all know, the beers that we're all drinking tonight were only canned last week, so they're less than a week old. They're all super fresh. Uh, and this is the, the latest batch of Pat Mango. It's one of those beers. It's, it's become our second biggest selling beer after Coldstone Cream Austin because um, it is just what it is. It's just mango juice in a glass um, with an alcoholic content in it. It's just gorgeous. It's beautiful. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm starting with that one. Sounds good. Backshift has arrived. Hi, Mark. Afternoon. Evening. Morning. Morning. Good night. Good night. <laughs> How are we all doing? We're good. We're good. More importantly, my friend, what are you drinking? Uh, I would say late to the party as per, but um, I I had to open the Booker T as a as a first. <laughs> three out of, that's three out of four. Three out of four. Three out of four Booker T's. I, I I had to like um, it's just it's, how wild a flavour is that? It's just such a like I don't know like it's reminding me of like. It's reminding me of like iced tea from the States when you could basically like sugar inject just a, a flavor of any kind into iced tea, basically. Um, it's just, it's, it's light, it's flavor from, it's, it is, it's sweet. It's got, honestly, it's a really, it's a really interesting, two mouthfuls of it so far, but 3.5%, like, you know, it's sessionable, it's easy going and like, I've got to admit, Neil, when it came through, I was a bit dubious looking at it, thinking, fuck, like, what? Like, because peach, I don't know if the boys are regurgitating, but peach is just such a hard flavour to get in a beer. 
Um, it's hard to get that flavour through without it just being kind of wishy-washy. And as soon as you open the can, you just smell peach. So <laughs> I think um, it's a natural one. And, and let's be honest, Booker T is such a great name for a beer, if it hasn't awesome. been mentioned already. So. Yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, with this one in particular, I mean, A, we, we've missed a trick because we could have all saved it, open it at the same time. We could have had five times drinking Booker T, which would have been too perfect. Um, but also on the basis, we did actually add um, five different forms of peaches into the beer because that's how much, of, of how much of a gimmick we live. So there is peach puree, there's peach halves, there's peach aroma, there's peach iced tea powder, and there is... Um, what is this one? There was another one that we added as well. I blanked on it entirely. But then there was also about 250 tea bags of Yorkshire tea that were thrown into the kettle as well, um, just to amp up that characteristic. But yeah, it's I, I completely agree with you guys that peach can be a very, very difficult one because it is, it's a soft and subtle flavour. Uh, it's, it's usually used to kind of... In tandem, we've done it in the past where we've done like a peach and apricot beer. Yeah. You know, like, like the old the old mully yogurts that you used to get with the corn, it was always peach and apricot flavouring. Yeah. Um, always the ones that were left in the fridge at the end. <laughs> after, <laughs> after everybody ate all the other ones. No, I think you're right. I think that the fact that it's on its own, the peach really sings. Um, I think, like like you say, it's, it's a delicate flavour and if you were to pair it with something a bit more punchy, it would get lost. Um, but it's, it's it, it, on its own, it does sing, definitely. Yeah, so, you do get the tea flavour. Too like at the, a... the end at the back after you after you've had a mouthful and stop it's it's there it's definitely got that sort of peachy aftertaste it's it's sort of tea tea like aftertaste yeah. like you say it's fruity forward and then you know it's got a wee bit of like afternoon tea in the background basically it's uh, <laughs> it's I don't know it's kind of like got that like fruity sophistication to it you know what I mean like I don't know whether it's uh, yeah, it's, it's, sophistication. There you go. That's it, it, was, it, it was a beer that was designed because um, it's. It, I'll, I'll point out for anybody who's listening as well. It's not just a top rope beer. It's a collaboration with Heist Bruco from Sheffield, um, good friends of ours. We've done a couple of beers so far. Um, they're absolutely amazing. So if you're in Sheffield, go and find their tap room. It's absolutely gorgeous, and their beers are incredible as well. Um, but obviously, we did it with Yorkshire tea because obviously, you know, Sheffield's in Yorkshire. I'm from Yorkshire myself, so we kind of it made sense. Yep. Uh, but when, when we were coming up with the idea. We, we dropped the ABV down because I'm aware that a lot of people this year, anything sort of sub 4%, there is that initial kind of a, is it going to be any, any good? Um, but we brought it down to make it a 3.5% because we wanted it to be a summer smash beer, mm-hmm. kind of beer where you can sit on sit out in the garden on a couple of, you know, have a couple of tins and not have to worry about it. You can have a barbecue and it's not the kind of beer that's going to get you absolutely messed up after a few cans of it. It's a beer that's been designed to have maximum amount of flavour but also have sort of the uh, to bring and sort of showcase the fact that lower ABV beers can also contain that level of flavor and that level of punch. Yep. I think that's something definitely this year that we're discovering um, 100% with some of the breweries we've had on so far this year that lower ABV beers uh, can be good and can be tasty and full of flavor, definitely. Um, Mark, I would love, I've just, I've just remembered something that I meant to mention about the Stone Cold Kimosin, um, and especially this rendition. Um, it's a pine, it's basically pineapple upside down cake, which you've mentioned numerous times nice. as, a, as a flavor you want to you want to try. So, hide the gardener, Mark. I hide the gardener. Um, yeah, I think um, pineapple, I think it was pineapple upside down stout where I started, wasn't it? But I yes. think it is quite a um, it's a good combination for, for flavor. That's sure. I've, I've got it sitting here for. That's crazy that that random zoomer keeps coming into your garden and <laughs> closing all your plants down. 
to you... be honest, as, as long as they keep water in the garden, I'm like happy with yeah. that. To be fair, yeah, that, that's that's some good neighbours you've got there. Mm-hmm. Very good. You paint them. I, and beer, there's. Uh, I was going to say there's a couple of top four beers going to put out there. The the few one of the few benefits is staying two doors along for the asylum. That's quite good. Right. <laughs> well, like I mentioned, we've got Neil um, joining us once again. Uh, his hat trick appearance on the Beer Fridge podcast. Um, been two years ago since you were fully on, and then we bumped into each other last year. Um, since we you were last on officially, what's been happening two, um, two years ago? That, that doesn't seem like two years, by the way. Just point that out. Oh, it's been terrifying. Well, in, in the last two years, um, we've actually moved premises. Um, so the last time we were we were here drinking and chatting bullshit, uh, we were brewing out of a small site in North Wales, um, which was great. It, no, it was in the middle of a, of, a, of a thing that took place, which I think most people have forgotten about now. Yep. Um, but since then, we actually up, up sticks and we've moved ourselves back into Liverpool. Uh, so we, we, we moved there 18 months ago. It was January last year that we officially set up, set up shop, mm-hmm. uh, did our first brew in February last year. So we've got a new site that is uh, three times the size in the actual you know, physical space that we've got. Yeah. Uh, we've increased capacity. Um, we've opened a tap room now. So uh, on, on, uh, twice a month, you can come to the brewery. And you can drink beers with us on site. You can have brewery tours. We've got local food in the form of local pizzas and lo- local pies. Um, that kind of stuff we've had uh, last year we got to celebrate our fifth birthday on site so we had some live music for that we've had a couple of other things we've had uh frank turner played played a gig with us last year um, that looked wicked by the way like i like i was i watched the video when it happened and obviously knowing that you were coming on and going back through just double checking things and i watched the video again and the place was bouncing by the way yeah that was uh I, I'm, I'm still not quite sure how i pulled that out my house um because <laughs> i'm on a personal basis, I'm a huge, I'm a huge Frank, Frank Turner fan. Have been for, um, for about seven or eight years now. Um, and then I just, I know that he did, he did a beer previously with another brewery. Yeah. Um, and I just, I just emailed him um, like about three or four years ago. Just kind of said, "You've done this in the past. Would you be interested in doing something again?" So he said, "Yeah." And then obviously shit hit the fan, so it all kind of got put on the wayside. Uh, then I emailed him again once things started to lift up again. So all the restrictions started to lift. Um, and it turns out that one of one of the guy, one of like his like head of sound that he tours with, uh, lives up the road from us in Kirby. Oh. So he got sent down as like a little tasting experiment. So we got the ducky came down. We had a few drinks with him in the, in the brewery, you know, kind of showing off the beers that we're doing, the different styles, gave him some tank fresh stuff and all that kind of bits and pieces. Dougie fell in love with it. He was like, "Yeah, cool, we're awesome. We'll do the we'll do the beer together." And then you know we were just chatting shit. He's like, "You know, oh, it'd be amazing to do some like music in the, in the brewery." And Dougie just sat there and looked around the brewery and just went, "Yeah, you know what." I can, I can, I can do a gig in here, and then it got booked in. And then three months later, um, Dougie came down, set up a massive PA system. We had the guys from um, Pet Needs, who are one of the one, one of the artists signed to Extra Mile, Extra Mile Records, who Frank's with. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've just completed their first US tour, and they are absolutely incredible. So check those guys out. And they were all supported by a band called Berries, uh, another they're a, a female quartet. Um, sorry, a, a trio. Sorry. Um, they just got signed last year and they, they, they were on the sport acts. They were again, fantastic. And then we just sat there in the brewery one day and then Frank Turner just walks in. It's like, what? 
what's, what's going on? Um, so he came in and then he ended, up, he ended up driving his car back to the hotel and drive and get the lift back in so he could start drinking with us properly. Um, <laughs> Good lad. We had about 110 people sort of inside and out because thankfully it was a nice, it was a nice lovely sort of a th- it was a Thursday evening, which is a really surreal one, um, in an industrial state in the middle of Bootle, which is just baffling crazy for a place to go to. Um, <laughs> yeah, we had like 100, 110 people inside and out all sitting there drinking, singing, and just having the absolute it's, best time. It was honestly the video looks wicked. I, instantly, I've, I've I've actually pulled it up because I need to like let you guys hear it because it sounds awesome. <laughs> Social media pages, you can find it on there. Yeah, I honestly, it's, it sounds like it's bouncing. Yeah, that's 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 obviously an interesting take in the whole um craft beer and music venue debate that we've been having. That, that, that you know, we should be getting more craft beer into music venues. So, why, why do we not just have more music in tap rooms? I think that's yeah. a great idea. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we've done two gigs so far. Uh, I'm currently in talks with another band. Um, I'm not, I'm not shy. Uh, we're chatting for the Lancashire Hot Pots. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if they, if they stretch as far as you guys, because I know they are sort of a bit of a, a regional thing. But yeah, we're chatting to the guys from Lancashire Hot Pots, get those down, because I absolutely love them to pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I hope we have them play next year, uh, along with a few other bits and pieces as well. So it's just it's just trying to find ways and, and realise that the space that we've got is it's big and it's versatile, and it makes sense to try and utilise that and turn it into something else, especially when... If you look at the, the whole sort of music scene as it is, I mean, I'm, not, I'm not big into the music scene anymore myself, but I used to be back in the day. And the number of venues that are now available for artists to play compared to what there were 10 years ago, it's drastically shrunk down. So there's not yeah. a lot. There's not a lot of new venues opening up for, for artists to go out and play. So if if we've got the capacity and the, and the ability to allow artists to play somewhere different, to play somewhere new, it's, it's just something a bit more interesting than it just being another dingily lit little sort of club where everyone's just sweating their balls off it's somewhere where you've got the tanks on display you've got nice lighting on it you've got more importantly you've got decent beer because it's not yes. a word and go I, I was at a gig the other weekend and it was in the middle of liverpool a pint of san miguel was six pounds seventy fuck off yes exactly whereas you know you come, come to the tap room you're paying you know six quid a pint but it's for something that's brewed on site and brewed within reach of where you're sitting and being a part of it. So it's it's been able to to capitalize on the culture that's now sort of taken taken place around craft beer, yeah, and bringing the other bringing the other means and the other assets into it and realizing that small music and small artwork is something that's also massively important. So let's bring everything together and have everything under the same roof and make sure that everything's done properly. That's it. And and if, it doesn't even need to be like a, a buying you know Saturday night you know, full on gig. You know, it could be it could be a Sunday afternoon where, you know, a couple of guys with a guitar and and stuff like that. Some, you know, and and if if it, if it was if it was if I was going to a, a tap room and I knew that there was a one or two food options and a wee bit of live music, 
and somewhere to sit and blather. You know, that's that's a day. That's not just a stop. That's not just right. a stop for a pint or two. And that's a day you're spending there. You know, you're there for five or six hours getting, you know, tasting all the beers and enjoying the atmosphere. And it's, it's, it can only be a good thing. Absolutely. Yeah. If you're, if you're sitting down drinking drinking some local beer, especially like if you're, because I'm guessing you guys do it a lot when you go on holiday as well. So you go on holiday, you find somewhere, you know, a local tap room. If you're sitting down in a local tap room with a local food provider with a bit of local music on the go. You know, if, if, if someone wants to bring out some card games, and, you know, you, you want to sit there playing some cards or a little bit of a board game as well, happy days. But it's just, it's just about creating an atmosphere that isn't about just, as much as we all love going to the pub and chatting shit. It's about making something a bit more inclusive, a bit more involved, and make sure that everyone who's there is is part of and realizing that they're part of part of something bigger than just having a pint, yeah. and there's something more to having a pint than just drinking it. Definitely, here, 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 here. Wait, what's she been up to then? You've had wrestle wrestle ale mania. Yes. Damn, struggle. I've I, I practiced that too many times. Like before, wrestle you know, mania. Wrestle yeah. mania. I kept fucking tripping over it like I did there. Um, so you had the fifth one last year, am I right? Or was it six? WrestleMania six, because as much as it was our fifth birthday, it's always a year ahead of itself, right? Which is something very frustrating to wrestling fans because when they had WrestleMania 25, they were calling it the 25th anniversary of WrestleMania, which is right. not true because if you've been married for 25 years, you don't have 25 anniversaries, you have 24 anniversaries, true. So um, so yeah, it was WrestleMania six last year. This year is going to be WrestleMania seven, um, which is taking place in November. So we're going to be doing what we did last year. On the fifth of November, we'll be having a big party in the tap room. Uh, we'll be having you know Ben's going to be putting on a, a massive pub quiz for it. We we'll have a lot of special beers that are getting brewed in the next couple of weeks. In the next couple of months, we're going to have some uh, a few special collabs lined up for it, which I'm very excited about. Uh, and then beyond that, we're going to be taking taking top rope on tour like we do every year. So. Hopefully going up to Scotland for a couple of days this year. So I'll be yep. making sure you guys come along for some partying. Um, doing a few bits and pieces in the north, as we always do. Uh, and it's just well, it's just an excuse for me to get out the house for a month, you know, give the missus a break <laughs> for a month as well and just get absolutely shit-faced. Sounds <laughs> so bad, to be honest. It sounds <laughs> not too bad whatsoever. Sounds like a great idea. Great idea. I, lo- I like that. It's a, it's like, I love the name anyway. The name's fantastic. Granted, I can't spit it out, but it's a great name. Wrestlemania. Yeah. Wrestlemania. Wrestlemania. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I need to. I feel like I need to, em- I need to emphasize the ill. What? Can you give us any indications as to what special beers will be brewed for it? Um. Well, <laughs> Wrestlemania Seven was the the first appearance of the Undertaker. So we're going to be starting nice. a new series of beers based around that because he is, well, you know, one of the most iconic. Um, characters in all of, all of wrestling, so there's going to be something starting for him. Um, we've got uh, there's going to be a collab linked to that as well. Again, I'm not going to be starting spilling too much just yet. Um, we, we do the, we do the standards. We do we're going to be doing a big sort of six percent, you know, big hoppy beast of an IPA just called WrestleMania Seven. Um, and then this year we're doing a, um, a, a this year's birthday cake edition of Coldstone Cream Austin because as you said before. Uh, Gav, obviously, the, the pineapple isn't a, isn't one of the birthday cake editions. Right. Um, but every year we do the birthday cake. So last year was chocolate fudge cake. Uh, the year before that was just regular Victoria sponge. And so this year is going to be, uh, just because I've really had the challenge, it's going to be a red velvet cake. So it's red velvet interesting. Hmm. Yeah, so the, the Undertaker, there's, there's clearly a space open for a big uh, 12% Imperial Stout pile driver. 
maybe, no, something that's going to knock you out. Maybe maybe not twelve because we did, we did a twelve we did a twelve percent recently, um, and it was a very very long arduous brew day. That was with the shop with the, <laughs> the shop master with uh, uh, with Emperor's Brewery, which was great. But then when the day starts at ten o'clock in the morning by doing whiskey and wort, um, it kind of goes downhill quite quickly from there. Um, yes. But no, it, it's going to be going to be an imperial start series that we're starting. Um, and as I say, we've got lots of we literally spent about half an hour today discussing the the finer details of um, how we can turn an imperial stout into an undertaker style stuff. Um, so all that stuff's going to take place. Uh, but yeah, I'm just mostly looking forward to the red velvet cakes. It means I get to get some some vegan red velvet cakes and just throw them into the mash and mash and make it into the beer. Nice, nice. If it's, be a, if it's going to be a red velvet cake, it's got to have red velvet cakes in the beer. Yeah, 100%. Yes. Got to be. 100%. Good luck cleaning the, the old uh, vessel after that oh, one. Mm. Thankfully, thankfully nowadays I'm more of a sales guy, so my my, uh, my time on the brew floor is very limited. I just come up with the ideas and leave everyone else to deal with it. <laughs> you, just, you just throw in red velvet cakes and run away. <laughs> yeah. hey, go and red velvet cakes, keep one for me and then run away. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so so far we've we've uh, among random things we've put in the mash so far in, over the years we've done popping candy. We've done flying saucers, we've done pretzels, we've done sprinkles. How else have we done? I have no idea. We've done like basically, I, I just try and find really weird things I can just throw into beer. Like, you know, I'm not going to go quite as far as Omnibola putting, you know, cheeseburgers and $100 bills in there. Yeah. You know, the, the, the idea's there. Yeah. Ideas are definitely there. Ideas the, are uh, definitely can, can I suggest that the uh, WrestleMania. See? Um, no, I just said it properly. The sale mania. Um be a be seven percent, not six. True. But then I'm holding that, you but then that, then that says a, that a precedent every year. Which I, I think's all right. Okay. I think that's fine. I can't wait to try Red Seal Mania 14. <laughs> 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 By the time we get to 15, it'll just be buck fast. That can be Dangrel's <laughs> here if you fancy it. <laughs> The problem is, I'm very aware that I'm going to get to like I'm going to get to WrestleMania X7, and that's going to have to be, that's going to have to be the best party I ever throw, and then everything after that's not going to be quite as good. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> but if that, if that means I then get Limp Biscuit to play in the brewery, then well, there you go. If, if Fred's alive by then, you carry on. Oh, what you, when he's not dying, his mustache is actually just. Straight, straight white by that point. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I would, I would happily pay for a sixty-five, seventy-year-old Fred Durst to come in and break his hip trying to do the rolling dance. <laughs> if he can lift his hands off the Zimmer for that long <laughs> to roll. I was going to say that takes another rolling to another like dimension, doesn't know? Uh, just like <laughs> rolling in on the Zimmer frame. Do we, do we all agree that Wes Bolden will look exactly the same? Oh, a hundred percent. He doesn't age. He'll be like he'll be like he'll be like Paul Rudd. He just won't age at all. I was going to say he's like one of the freaks in nature that just doesn't age. Aye, him and Paul in the same hyperbaric chamber. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, along with all that fun as well, you've had um, like I said with the new tap, you've got a, a nice little venue now, and you've had some wrestlers pop on down as well. We've had the little D'Lo Brown and uh, uh, one and only Scotty Too Hotty. We did, yes. Um, thankfully, um, with our local wrestling promotion, TNT. Um, so again, if anybody's into watching hardcore deathmatch wrestling, and by that I mean people literally bludgeoning the shit out of each other, blood everywhere, light tubes, barbed wire, just evil, evil, nasty stuff. 
Um, there's a promotion called TNT, um, and they've had Scotty Too Hotty come down um, for a couple of, couple of uh, occasions. And uh, we got him down to do a little evening within the brewery. So he came along. He's a lovely, lovely bloke. Doesn't drink. Um, you know, I'll have a quite a, you know conversation with him about that because, as he's as he's pointed out, that a lot of his friends are no longer with him for issues. So he doesn't drink himself. But he was he was absolutely he was cordial as all hell. He came down. He signed a pump clip for us of Scotty Too Hoppy that we did. Um, he took a took a, took a badge away with him. Uh, he was even aware. That Brew York had done a beer called Scotty Too Hoppy as well. <laughs> like I gave him the beer clip. He went, "Hasn't somebody done this beer before?" I was like, "Yeah, they're friends of ours. It's fine. We're all okay. It's not a problem." Um, so he came down, uh, had a, a lovely evening with chat, chatting away, asking loads, loads of questions, telling some absolutely incredible stories. Um, it was brilliant. And then a month later, uh, Delo Brown was over, so we had, he he came down as well. Uh, thankfully for us, he's a massive, humongous Liverpool FC fan. Um, so the guys from TNT took him out in the Liverpool to watch the game beforehand, and I can very much say that D'Lo Brown is, does not stop drinking. Um, <laughs> he he had a few, um, came, came to the tap room, um, met, met a few people as he came in, introduced myself. He was like, "Oh my god, you're the beer guys! You you got my where's my beer? Where's my beer now?" So dragged us over to the bar, poured him a pint out, and he picked it up and he took a sip out and went. Guys, 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 I don't like this beer. I fucking love it. <laughs> <laughs> he was drinking that. Um, and then we, we were just chatting away and stuff. And he was looking around. He saw the different signs for all the different beers. We've done things like, you know, Overkill. And then he saw, he saw the Papa Mango sign. He went, Papa, Papa Mango, is that, is that Shango? Oh, that guy, that's Shango. What time is it? It'll be, it'll be 12 o'clock there. He's going to be baked. So he just whips out his phone. And then just dials and calls Papa Shango to so call the Godfather. So I'm stood there with the Godfather on, on speakerphone, chatting to Dilo Brown at the same time. And I was like, what's going on? It was just nuts. So yeah, we're, we're chatting to those guys. Again, he was just a lovely, lovely bloke. He was there, came in, he bought everyone in the house a drink. Um, he was telling some absolutely incredible stories from back in the day, like how his, his favourite times with doing the European Championship, wrestling with X-Pac. He would wrestle X-Pac any day of the week without yeah. fail. Um, and he was just a lovely bloke, got really into it, was massively into what we were doing, um, gave us loads of feedback and just, it's just a genuinely, genuinely nice bloke. Um, hopefully he's going to be back over again at some point. Um, hopefully by the end of this year, if not next year, he's going to be back over again. So hopefully do another event with him um, in the brewery then as well. That's awesome. Yeah, it's been it's been interesting year, you know, having again say having the space of being able to get these people down and do this kind of stuff and and just sort of ingratiate another level of crowd participation into what we do. So there's potential. We, we've got um, we again we did we did another event earlier this year um, for Love of Wrestling, yep. which is basically like the Comic Con for wrestling events and held in Liverpool. So we did we did a beer for those guys. Uh, we did an event with them and. There we, I got to meet, um, I got to meet Road Dog and Billy Gunn. Got to meet um, all of the all of the, the the Wyatt family. Got to meet Bray Wyatt, Eric Rowan, and um, uh, Braun Strowman. I'm sure met all those guys. Met Bo Dallas. Um, so got to meet all these absolutely incredible guys. That I've been watching for like you know 10, 15, 20 years growing up Aye. around watching them. And then you see them, especially Billy Gunn, who's in his Billy Gunn's in his sixties, and he is ripped to shit. It is terrifying. 
like genuinely scary seeing some of these guys who have obviously dedicated their entire lives to what they do, and it's brilliant. And then seeing like Braun Strowman, who's like just shy of seven foot, Aye. and you know, three hundred and fifty odd pounds, and it's like shaking hand with a shovel. <laughs> it was ridiculous, <laughs> genuinely ridiculous. But no, it was it was just good getting to go through all that stuff and you know getting to meet the guys. And so my, my favorite one was there. It was Eric Rowan because he was drinking one of our beers after his match. And he came and I, I went up to him and was like, how, how was your beer? He went, it's good. It's like, I brewed it. He went, you're the beer guy. And again, <laughs> sort of knew who we were from naming one of the tanks after him. So he came over, we were chatting to him for a little bit and everything. And it was just, he, he, we were talking about him and Brody Lee, his former tag team partner, yep. um, chat, chat about all that kind of stuff. It was just great to sort of get to an, another level of, of thing where it's, Watching them on TV and then actually chatting to them, and it's that point when you realize, you know, it's like when anybody meets their idol and you actually talk to them, you realize that no, they're just a regular human being. Mm-hmm. They're genuinely really nice individuals who love what they do and just being fortunate that they're actually giants. Um, but it was, it, it's good, it's really interesting. Um, it seems like a real, like, um, what you say, like, now that you've kind of peeped, peeked in a little bit, I suppose it's like a proper familyhood, the wrestling, isn't it? And like when like just the way you're talking about it and you've got all these guys that can pick the phone up to each other, they trust each other, they've obviously spent all that time, you know, kind of putting each other's lives in their hands when they're performing some of this stuff, I suppose. And like, but to, just to kind of have that time and to put into the like fans and to kind of appreciate what you're, you've been doing to create these beers and just to have that awareness and stuff just must have been like, like quite a nice, I suppose. Know that you you didn't start a brewery for that particular reason, but to have that kind of come full circle must have been quite a nice, like, you know, we're, we're obviously on to some here and we're going to build, like, your community is only going to grow, like, massively just because of sort of these people quite showing interest and stuff. Absolutely. It's it's it's, it's the same with any sort of niche fan base of any of any industry that you have. Obviously, wrestling is still a relatively niche fan base. And obviously, when you've got a hardcore fan base like that, they will gravitate towards products that are based around it. Um, and the fact that the, the wrestlers themselves were interested in it and were actually sort of aware of it and talking about it themselves backstage and were happy to be involved with it. And, and I think for them guys as well, it's just another level of, of recognition for them. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's one thing to have T-shirts made and have people buy your T-shirts for it, but then to turn around and have a couple of fellas start a business in a shed on the other, other side of the world and name a product after you because of what you've done. Um, it's, I can imagine it's, it's like another level of gratification and realising that, holy shit, what we're doing is actually really good and it means something to people. Yeah. Um, so it's nice to have that level. Um, I mean, I've, I've been very fortunate recently to be speaking with um, Chris Huber, who is John, John Huber, uh, Brody Lee's brother, because we did a beer called The Exalted One in, yep. in tribute to Brody Lee. So I've been chatting to his brother about it and he's constantly like say he's just like saying thank you for what we're doing and how we're paying tribute to his late brother's his late brother's life. And it's, it's like, mate, it's it's you don't have to thank me for it. I'm doing it because I genuinely love who this human being was and what he did. Yeah. Um, but it's still that level of recognition that what we're doing is also important to these people because it makes them happy. So it's kind of like that circle thing of like, you know, I, they, they make me happy, so I make them happy, so they make me happy, so I make them happy. It's, it's, it's a weird cycle that goes around. But it's it's nice to have that sort of uh, the recognition that, again, what we're doing is appreciating. It's not just another pint in a pub, which, we, we you know, I'm, again, I know we've all done it. We've all sat there. We've all had, we're on that seventh pint. And you go, what do you want? I'll have that one again. 
It, yep. it doesn't really register what you're drinking, but when when people are paying attention to what they're actually sort of dealing with and people know where it comes from, it does mean the absolute world for that question. Definitely. We said this last time you are on and we said it before we recorded tonight, like that kind of niche market of being kind of wrestling orientated kind of writes itself in terms of you yourself picking names for beers and stuff and come up with ideas that you can literally just pick a nickname of a wrestler and just go yep that's the name of beer or someone's finishing move yep there you go that's that's the name of beer like it's it's you've got such a, a catalog and of of ideas just sitting there that you can just pick from and get and get so much like so much influence from into what you need to do what you want to do next as a brewery which is just and as as far as fans of wrestling they'll, they'll pick up things and they might like we've we've watched the wrestling obviously i know some of the guys haven't kept up as much but and then i've kind of i've not watched a full episode i've, I've watched a couple of highlights and stuff of what's going on in AEW and wwe etc but you'll pick up on little things like you said the ftr one the, the beer that I'm going to have in a second, big rig, uh, that's a finisher move. So you can just pick that that name of that finisher move. There you go, bang. There's a there's a beer name straight off the bat. Oh yeah, I think I think the only, the only the brewery who have got a, a bigger plethora of beer name beer name ideas is going to be Pomona Island because they just have to find the most niche reference from like the seventh movie of a franchise that went straight to went straight to fucking Betamax back in 1987 <laughs> that no one's ever seen before. Done. That's a beer name that no one ever gets. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's it, it it is good in the way that you know. It was, so you, you have got the option of doing something as stupid as you're going big rig. We love we love FTR. Let's do a beer name after their finishing move because it's just brilliant. Yeah. But then you also get stupid things like Booker T, which is just a really stupid pun, and everyone loves a stupid pun, no matter how no matter how grown up you think you are, how sophisticated you are, a good pun will always make you just go. <laughs> it just does. It so, does. Yeah, those those little levels of getting getting get sort of involved, and it's there's like I do I do quite like coming up with a beer name that requires a bit of explanation because yes. there there will be people like yourselves who used to watch wrestling and will go ah yeah or you have to kind of I've done a few events recently with people and they've had like no knowledge of wrestling outside of Hulk Hogan and giant haystacks. Yep. Mm. Yeah, when you try and explain the beer name to them, you have to kind of go back and you have to tell this story that tells this story, but you have to tell this one before it and then this one before it, and you have to go through a platter. And then by the time you've got through it, all they're all just a bit like, so, so where, where can I watch this then? <laughs> they're, they're all kind of, that little bit of a peak of interest, they kind of go, you need to go and watch it to understand it properly and get hold of it. But then people, there's always that sort of inane kind of. Again, I don't know whether it's just coming through the you know the act of anybody telling a story, you're telling it with enough enthusiasm any story can sound interesting. 100%. And I like to think that what we do at Top Rope and the beers that we come up with, they're enthusiastic because we do it with love and, you know, we're still enthusiastic about the act of, about the, 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 the entertainment of, of wrestling. So it becomes a bit more sort of involved in depth and people really, really latch into that kind of stuff. So, so yeah, we've got an endless list of, uh, of beer names that will be getting done at some point in time. And if anybody listening to, if anybody listening has any, any beer suggestions they want to put to us, Feel free to message us on social media or drop me an email. I'm sure the guys will put my details in the uh, in the description of, the, of everything below. I'll happily take any any recommendations for beer names and uh, we'll take them under consideration. I was trying to figure some of this afternoon. I just got lost. I just got in a rabbit hole. Maybe we tried to do this the last time. I know. And, and I failed know. miserably. <laughs> Big time. We were tortured. I tried again. I'm not going to put it on air because the ones I came up with were horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were really, really bad. Um, like we mentioned, we're drinking some of the freshest beer 
um, available from Top Rope. Gentlemen, uh, we've got some fresh beverages in the glasses. Yep. Callum does. What have we got, mate? Yeah, so I'm on Papa Mango, um, and it's just absolutely smashable. It really is. It's, and, and you can tell how fresh it is. It really is. And, um, mango, again, it's, it's, it's an oft-used fl- uh, flavour. You know, mango is really, really popular. And um, But again, it's not, it's, it, just because it's popular doesn't mean that it's easy to do really well. Um, I think mango can sometimes be overly sweet, um, but this one's got a, you know, if you get a proper fresh mango, it, it can all, it can have that sort of tart um, flavour before the sweetness comes along, and and this is what this is like for me. Is it, it, it's there's there's just that sort of ever so slight, you know, zing to the beer. Like it's not tart, you know, it's it's not sour, but it's that that zing that that, that you get from a a really fresh fruit. And, yeah. It just keeps coming back, and again, it's, it's got a great body, and, and and what a color! I mean, it just it literally looks like the outside of a Solero. Um, it, you know, <laughs> it used to, you know, that that sort of day glow orange, you know, but but obviously we know it's it's just made with the freshest ingredients, and and that color's completely natural, and and it just shows what you can achieve with with good, you know, with good ingredients. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Uh, Delk, you look like you've you've switched. Have uh, yeah. So I'm on Big Rick as well uh, or I say as well usage of development so uh, 5.9% New England uh, IPA I do, I, I've got to admit I don't get the reference so I'm, I'm, I'm again uh, behind the times with the cool kids when it comes to the wrestling so <laughs> my apologies um, what I'm not behind on is uh, tasting beer so I can at least give you my <laughs> I'm very much up to date on that I'm, I'm up to date on, on 100% on the, when it comes to that so um, I've got to admit like um, hop combo here delicious uh, Cascade Citra and uh, El Duradu um, it's just between El Duradu and uh, Idol Seven have honestly been like two of my favourite ops this year. Just with the like the I always think it like it's got like a bit of spiciness to it, but it's no spicy. Like, but that's the only way. Like my brain every time I taste it, I'm like, oh, I must be. And it's this is just really um, the mouthfeel in this is is really nice. I've got to admit, um, coach your tongue, tasty. Um, Definitely hits with a tropical. It isn't as juice bomby as I thought it was going to be while I was reading the um, sort of reading the can, um, but at the same time, the uh, kind of the tropical flavour just kind of comes through. Um, this is sessionable drinking for me. Like this, uh, just under six percent is like honestly like really really easy going. Um, yeah, I would like to say I would love to know your thoughts on. El Duradu, Citra and Cascade. Uh, Neil, to be honest, would say it's a, a it's a great combo and kind of what um why you kind of picked those and when you what you were going for. But I've got to admit, like it's it's super, super sessionable drinking. Like it's really easy. I mean, we we've gone for that combination because um I mean citra is citra. Um I'm, I'm not gonna, you know, flog a dead horse in terms of trying to sell citra to anybody. We all know what citra is, it's a fantastic. Um, ultra versatile hop um, it's one that we use in abundance um, and we use it not only as a, a it, there's a few beers that we use to showcase it but we also use it as a backup flavor because it's one that everyone is so familiar with 
that if we're doing a beer with a new hop that people aren't quite aware of, it's it's a nice little um, sort of addition to back things up with. So it gives you the characteristics that you know and aware of, but allows you to experience something different. Um, El Dorado is our head brewer, Ben. It's his favorite his favorite hop. Just without Love El Dorado. He, he would snort lines that stuff if he, if he could do. He loves it that much. Um, without question, his favorite thing. And then Cascade is just... Um, I'm sure that long-term beer fans, going back to before the old craft beer wars back in the day, we've all got the love for Cascade. It's a, it's a bit of an old-school hop. Um, it still love has it. bags and bags of character. It still lends itself perfectly um, amazingly into the craft beer scene. But it also has its sort of roots in the in sort of some of the more old school styles of beer. You know, if you're going back to your old, you know, your, your bitters and your your pails back on cask, you know, back when you're like what 16, 17, and you, you're by getting a pint in the, in the local pub, you're guaranteed to get something with with, uh, with cascade in it. It's just a fantastically versatile hop um, that lends itself perfectly well. And again, it just works with being able to to bring everything together and sort of support the main cask. Um, it just it just elevates everything that's, that's sort of above it and just punches uh, you know above its weight in terms of what it should do for a for an older hop. Well, like Cascade for me always like reminds me it's like a West Coast hop, like a like you say like a traditional hop. But mm-hmm. like, like you mentioned, Neil, and having when you read it, I, I naturally I'm expecting the bitterness just to like you know like like to come in, but there is zero bitterness to this thing at all. Well, there might be for the the non <laughs> normal like or the normal pal uh, there's, there's about there's about twenty IBUs in there. Uh, they're, they're yeah, that, for Mark that didn't touch the sides. No, that's no. that's that's hidden for sure. Um, oh, no, I, 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 I just I just love the way Eldorado works. You know, it's like that kind of resinous background that you get. That kind of you know, it, it's almost like a sort of grown up flavour. Like it, it, I always feel that it kind of adds a sort of savoury vibe. You know, that kind of that kind of Feeling that you that flavor you can't really put your finger on, but it, but oh, it's it's, it's proper it's proper <laughs> earthy and like I say earthy and resinous and it and it but especially in a, a New England which can tend to get overly sweet that that just sort of brings it all back together and it's just I I love El Dorado man absolutely love it it's, it's yeah. uh, El Dorado this <laughs> no, it, it, it is great. It's, it's, it's a fantastic hop. It's a very, very versatile hop. And, and, you know, as much as we do love, um, you know, the big East Coast style beers, I think this is possibly only one of the first beers that we've done under the neat branding. Um, because in Top Rope, we are very much of the, of the mindset that, that West is best. It's just a, a God-given fact. There's, there is no denying that at all. Um, yeah, you can come back anytime, Neil. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather have a beer that makes you go because of the amount of bitterness in it than something that you can, you throw away when you realise oh no that was a triple IPA eleven percent because you know again I'm I'm not deploring Nipahs or the bit the big strong stuff or the, the easily drinkable juice stuff it's great that, that it has its time and place and everything does but very much so for 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 a top rope palate for what we prefer to drink it's very West West is best um, bitter resinous one of the reasons why my favourite hop is Simcoe because Simcoe is just it's so versatile, it's so brilliant. It's, you have all the resonance, all the pine. You've got all of that dankness that comes through when you when you heavily hop something with Simcoe. Um, so, which makes me realise I don't know whether we've ever done a Simcoe and Eldorado beer. Bing bong. Well, that's now going to happen. So, yes. there you go. Or oh, Simcoe and Eldorado. Oh, good God. Oh, and, oh. and it's begun. 
Take my money. <laughs> <laughs> you have you done a have you done a proper? Oh, sorry. Have you done a proper West Coast? Um, I mean, it could you know, be. like I, I mean, like a proper like resin, dirty, big extra for West Coast. We've done. I mean, our the, the first bit that we ever did Overkill IPA was originally brewed as a West Coast. Um, that was brewed. I mean, that that's going back seven years now. Um, a beer that we've since retired um, just because it, it's as with a lot of places you find beers that you've done in the past you know you move on you accept you, you excel at what you do and rather done things differently so the overkill has gone but we have brought a few things back we, we did we did a beer called bomber uh, we've done that a couple of times which is a big west coast that was like a a six percent west coast that we did in the cask as well that was an absolute barnstorm of a beer um we have done we have done a few sort of big big bitter IPAs in the past. Um, we did one, one, one that was my request was a, a 7.2% IPA called the Big Simcoe. Mm. There's A, it's Simcoe, and obviously it's named after the big show, so hence why it was 7.2, because mm-hmm. it's 7.2. Uh, I did originally want it to be 500 IBUs, because he weighed 500 pounds. <laughs> I was told that, I was told it was A, not allowed, and B, physically impossible to make a beer 500 IBUs. <laughs> Um, so that, that was shot down quite heavily. Um, so we, we did that. Um, so we, we have done them, um, and I, I do implore doing them a lot. But also from a standpoint of again, I'm gonna I'm gonna come out as being the sales guy here. Most people want to drink the soft, juicy boys. So from a sales um, standpoint, that's... it's it's kind of I'm gonna sound like a shit shit house here. It's easy to brew sale to brew brew sellable beer. Mm, yep. Um, so I think yeah, like yeah, you need to pay the bills. The bills need to be paid. Exactly. So if, if anybody again, if I've pissed anybody off by that statement, please feel free feel free to email me, <laughs> and I will definitely not ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> you never de- you never decry anybody from from you know. There's definitely a way to 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 brew beer that you like and beer that you've got that you would love to drink, but also that will sell. Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't, you know, a beer, a brewery will never survive if it's just nope. got a self, in, you know, just full of self indulgence. And yeah, the only only you know. beers you only beers you can't brew for yourself are fucking red ales because they are they are a brewer's beer. Aye, trying to brew and sell a red ale is next to impossible, which is really annoying because they're really really good and they work really well in a Wesco style, but most people don't want to drink them. Yeah, I, I've never understood it. that. I've never understood that. I like a radio. See, a lot of people say that, but then when you go out, you go out and drink, no one, no one drinks a red ale, which is really annoying because I fucking love red and brown ales. I love them to pieces, but they're so difficult to do. Mm. Can't actually remember the last time I had either, if I'm completely honest. Um, we did. We, 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 uh, we did a red ale with um, nomadic ales from Leeds. We did, did one with them that was really good. Yeah. And, um, for the birthday last year, we did a again a beer that I I brewed just purely to piss off our head brewer because he he despises banana. We did a banoffee brown ale, <laughs> which was absolutely incredible. It was really so, yeah. It's banana and toffee. What is what is bad about those things? I don't understand why people don't like them. It's the banana and beer, but. Mm-hmm. Well, it was it was it was a brown ale that was fermented with a wheat yeast. It had added um, banana puree, 
and then a shit of a toffee in there as well. So obviously the, the brown ale accented the toffee flavours. Yeah. And the banana was like a subtle little reference in the background. Like, you know, when you have like a really, really good wheat beer and you get that little subtle, subtle, sort of subtle hit yeah. of banana comes through. It was like that. It was, it was just gorgeous. It was so yeah, I've been, I've been put off banana and beer. I, I, my brother-in-law bought me um, a banana beer. Banana bread beer, excuse me. Oh, God, no. Oh, no, that's horrendous. Two years yeah. ago? That's I like... And aye, I got a bottle for my Christmas last year. Just as a joke, just as a joke, you know, my brother bought it for me just as a for for an absolute joke. But aye, I drank it because I was like, it was in the. I think at one, I think it was at a point where I had nothing else left in the fridge. (laughs) Ah, fuck it, I'm gonna have to fucking open this thing. And I was like, nope, this is rank. This is horrible. Like I like banana bread, but I was like, nah, no, there's no reason why this should be liquid. I remember drinking. I remember drinking that once when I was, I must have been about nineteen, and I'd just been kicked out of my band at the time, and it made was like, "Cool, you've been kicked out. Right, I'll pick you up. We'll go. We'll go. Uh, we'll go Asda. We'll get a crate of beer. We'll get some pizzas in, and we'll just watch some shit films." Then we were buying beers. And he went, "There's a banana bread beer." I went, "A what? Banana bread beer?" I was like, "Yeah, but, I, well, but I don't care." I drank it and went, why? Why would this exist? Yeah, exactly. That was, I think that was my reaction as well. I was like, why have some why has anybody done this and thought this is a great idea? Because it's fucking not. It's it fucking taste, horrendous. It doesn't taste it doesn't taste of bananas or bread. No, it's fucking hellish. It smells like feet. the whole banana thing, just it, like when you brew and all the rest of it, like that banana aspect just sometimes makes you feel that your beer's skunked. You know, and uh, that's what it reminds me of. And you're sort of thinking, and you're trying, and you're trying to make it smell like that. Like it, my yeah. my brain is telling me that this needs to go in the toilet. Not this is going to taste right. good. This <laughs> is fucked. Why are you doing this? So sometimes it can be bad, but I say nine times out of ten, when it when it's done with uh, with, with bananas, it's usually done as a, as a as a as an aroma. So it's it's normally done with the wheat yeast because the wheat yeasts are one that's designed to kick off that massive banana aroma. So no. we actually did do um, a banana split edition of Cold Stone Cream Austin last year, mm-hmm. uh, which is still one of my favorite favorite beers that we've done. So it was Cold Stone Cream Austin base with a wheat a wheat beer yeast, banana puree, and then just a little touch of cherry. Right, okay. It's a banana split. You've got to you've got to have a cherry on top. Yeah, that's true. So we have to think that that again. It's gone down really, really well. So when they're done properly, yeah, I can't even pretend to Neil and go. That sounds nice because for me that sounds fucking hellish. But <laughs> uh, but I'll take your word for that, and and because I, I trust you, uh, I would take your word for it, and I would try it. In which case, in which case, for our next 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 time I'm on, I'll get Ben on as well because he just he deplores banana. But I'll make sure that we brew the banana beer. Just so you two could drink it and then watch you like gag and vomit on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll need to make that a video podcast then. Yes, that'll have, yeah. to, be, that'll have to be a visual, definitely. Um, the, the, de- uh, the debut of the visual podcast. Yes, well, we, we can technically do it. We have the ability to do it, I just choose not to. Because um, why? What? It's a face, faces for the radio. Faces for the radio. Um, I have um, not long finished the, the Booker T. Um, I'm somewhere in the middle between Scott and Mark and Callum. I can't decide if I like it or not. Uh, but the you get like it's fucking like woofed peach. Oh shit! Through your pen, it's just peach. Massive, just smacks you right in the face. I've never had iced tea, which I think is my issue. And I'm not a massive tea drinker either. But at the same time, it's 
I've drank it and I'm like, I kind of want another one just to like try and figure out if I like it or not because it does. It's it's peachy and then that taste at the end that I don't I don't know what it is, but it's obviously the tea aspect that you guys are mentioning because I don't drink fucking mm-hmm. tea. I don't drink tea. Don't drink coffee. Kill me. Um, right. Which I might have this. <laughs> I say I don't drink coffee. I've slowly started drinking coffee because I have a six-month-old child. Um, <laughs> caffeine is slowly becoming my friend. My friend. Um, but yeah, I I'm somewhere in between Callum and Mark and Scott. Um, but I've drank it. I've enjoyed it. I just can't figure out if I completely like it. But it's, it's so, very much drinkable. I was going to say, are you enjoying it because of the complexity of it and you kind of put your finger on it? Or are you enjoying so. it because of the, the actual flavour? The flavour, one. Both, right. both both aspects yeah. of that. Both aspects of that. Because you definitely get the peach. The peach comes through 100%. And like you guys were saying, with a peach flavour of beer, you... You're generally going to think it's going to be really watery, but it's, that's not the case whatsoever. No. Um, and it's just the tea aspect for me. Like, like I say, I don't drink tea. Um, I've never had iced tea before. I probably have, just can't even remember. Um, but it's that aspect at the end of the beer that I'm just like, do I like that or do I not? I can't decide. Um, it's that. It's like like that little. It's like a dryness that you get from drinking tea into sort of yeah. like that's that's what you get at the end. The sweet and, of the peach and then the dry aspect of the tea mm-hmm. at the back end of it. Yeah, and and, and as I say, it, that's just it's purely a matter of personal preference. Mm. That 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 I would have preferred. I would have preferred you know more of a tea hit than than is there and slightly less of the sweet peach. But Aye. I can totally appreciate. I can totally appreciate how you know that 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 sweet hit of peach is is absolutely nectar for people. And like I said, I, I think the the body the body in the beer is great for three and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, no, no, sorry, that's doing it a disservice. It's not. It's not great for three and a half. It's just great. It's just you know, it's great. got a great body. It's, it's a great IPA. You know, body, and you know, it's it's lovely. It's lovely to drink. Um, but See, that's, say, a, that's a good. But that's what we love. About, that's sorry, sorry, Gav. Just, oh, just right. to finish what was going. That's that's what we love about beer. Well, we've had so many beers tried. I mean, it's impossible that that all four years are going to absolutely love and absolutely think exactly the same about every single beer that we, that we get on but yeah. it's good it's good to get a beer that comes on and gets us chatting and gets us talking and you know it's a flavor that we're not used to it's, it's something that we've maybe not had before and, yeah. and it gets us you know it gets us discussing it i think that's amazing definitely that's the kind of beer we want i think i'm i'm the other end of the, the seesaw in that that you more you want more of a tea taste now want more of the sweetness mm. um just because i'm like like i said not a tea drinker would rather have the sweetness than the tea. Um, have started on the big rig. Um, echo your points, Mark. Um, definitely. Um, genuinely, just really enjoying it. Really, really enjoying it. To be honest, it's it's at five point really? nine. It's like you could just easily smash three or four of these and just quite happily watch the world go by. I think from a Nipa point of view, like obviously I'm getting to the end of it. I, I, if I'm being a like Mark finding a, a a point to go after is that I want it to be a bit thicker, but Neil, you kind of mentioned the the you were looking for vegan stuff, so I'm guessing there's no like lactose or anything that hits any of these beers. Everything's all vegan friendly. Yeah, everything everything's vegan friendly. Okay. Um, the the main one I'll point out is the ice cream pale, because uh, obviously nine times out of ten ice cream pales will tend to have lactose in them. Yeah. Uh, so no, none of our beers have got lactose. None of our, none of our beers have got any sort of um, finings or any, uh, any of those kind of rubbings in. Uh, it's not from a 
a personal standpoint, obviously everyone in the brewery is uh, a carnivores. Um, we do it and we, we made the decision a long time ago, back when myself and business partner head brewer Ben were working in bars, you know, and we were constantly asked, is this beer vegan friendly? And we were like, I don't know. <laughs> unless it's unless it's a certain large Welsh brewery where you can kind of go, that's just fermented lactose. Um, I don't quite know whether it is going to be vegan friendly or not. Yeah. So we, we made the decision to kind of go, all of the beers that we do are vegan friendly. So that way we know that every single person who drinks our beer, every, every person who buys or sells our beer knows that what they're getting is going to be a vegan beer. So it's not yep. a, it, it, it takes the guesswork out of what you're doing. Um, yeah. Makes sense from a business standpoint. Yeah, it's, it, beer it's, for, it's beer for everyone, isn't it? You know, yeah. that's it. So, I mean, it, it also has a few little sort of um, brewing techniques um, for, for, for Ben as our brewer to kind of work out how to get around making the, particularly the ice cream style beers and making those without using lactose. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's such an easy thing just to throw a, a crap of lactose into it and go, it's creamy! But kind of <laughs> work around how to do that in a way that makes it still vegan friendly is an interesting little option for it. So mm-hmm. it's a good little, uh, little challenge in that respect. Definitely, definitely. Gilroy, what you got, mate? I've had Papa Mango, <clears throat> which was lovely. Mm. Um, as Callum said, just perfect balance of kind of mango, not too sickly sweet, um, just enough, and went down far too easily. And then I'm having Big Rig now. And yeah, I get everybody's comments. I think it's a really good um, hot bill, as, as you've said, and it's easy easy drinking far too easy for um nearly six percent um it just does it's just going to disappear um but it's full of flavor um <clears throat> i get the mouthfeel thing maybe slightly make it slight would make it slightly softer but i think it's it's there in spades it's a good um Aye. it's a good example of that style the hot bills classic it's got that bit of the Cascade definitely brings something that makes it a wee bit more kind of classic tasting and yeah, really enjoyable, incredibly pleasant. I think the one thing for me, um, with the, with the three beers, so I've my Booker T, uh, Coldstone Cream Austin and Big Rig. The one thing that's evident in all these beers is the aroma just whacks you in the face straight away. Like, yeah. with, with some of the some beers that you have, you you have to go fishing for that aroma and you're, you're trying to pinpoint. X, Y, and Z flavors or smells, I should say. Um, but with these, like you open the can and waft, like fucking there you go, there's a wee right hook. Smell that, you bitch. <laughs> it's a drop kick, drop kick of flavor. And yeah. there you go. Yes. Yeah, See me did there. Yeah. I appreciate that. It's one of the things that we aim for. It's I always kind of um I, I, I like to go back to the nineties and this but I always think of us as being a run seal brewery. <laughs> nice. it says in the tin. yeah there we go that's what we like to hear so you know if you're again i, I know that for, for this episode we have gone incredibly fruit heavy with three quarters of the beers being very fruited beers but each of the each of the fruit flavors have got what they, they advertise it i mean in particular being the peter xt one which is the one that i'm saving till last i'm currently on the big rig i'm saving bucket till the end because i kind of want to have i want to get a, a, a tap installed in my house it's just bucket so i want a, a hot a cold and a bucket that's pretty much what I want for my entire life now coming forward. Um, <laughs> but it's just, it's just one of those beers that, as you say, as, as you said previously, peach is a hard flavor to get into it and getting that sort of balance between peach and tea would be quite difficult to do. It's like with when, when you have a chili beer. If you have a chili beer, you're either going to have 
no chili or a shit ton of chili. Yes. It's very, very rare to find that one where you kind of go, oh, that's a nice little kick to it. And it's not overpowering. Mm-hmm. But, and I think that's what we, we've kind of hit with that book of tea. It, it's, the, it's the right balance for kind of going, that's just a peach iced tea in the beer, but still has that sort of kick to it. Yeah, 100% agree. I couldn't agree more with that comment. The chili one's always hard, just touching on that, because like some people like chili, as in like, I like chili, like proper chili, as in like mm-hmm. it's going to, you know, give you you're a gonna spend, You're going to spend an evening in the toilet. No, you spend the next morning on the toilet. Third degree burns. Aye, <laughs> I, like, aye. In, in, which, in which case, Mark, a little, little bit of a tip for you then. Go, go to Tesco. They've got, they've got the coconut wet wipes for your ass. Get those. <laughs> it makes the following day so much better. I promise you. Put them in the fridge. Yes. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you flung them in one of the mash tons to make one of the coconuts <laughs> still. No, no. Coconut, wet, coconut bum wipes. Yeah. Yeah. Coconut wet wipe wet, wet, wet IPA. There you wait, go. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they, like you say... Move like, it, they, anyway, moving on. <laughs> well, I was going to say, but the chilli aspect's hard because everybody's palate's different. Whereas peach is peach, if you know what I mean, and like getting that to come through... And a degree is more about how you brew and the amount you throw in rather than like fitting someone's palate, basically, was the point like, I was trying to make. It's, it's a skill getting a beer to taste like what it's supposed to taste like. Aye. Do you know what I mean? Because cause you, you, you get generic ales, you know, generic pale ales that have got, you know, three or four different fruits or, or whatever in them, and, and, and they're labeled as, you know, raspberry, strawberry, fucking mandarin pale ale. And and yeah, so yeah, it tastes fruity and it tastes nice, but can you taste each individual element? No, probably not. But yeah, it's got mango in it. Yeah, it's got peach in it, or like the beer that I've just opened, it, it's got pineapple in it, and you can taste it. And Aye. and again, I, I've I've proper pulled a mark here, and and you know, you know, we we, we talk about we talk about Mark a lot, and in, in terms of, um, he always likes to try and drink a beer. That's maybe not quite to his taste. If you know, if, if there's a beer, if there's a beer that we've been given, or a beer that, that's part of the package or whatever, that's not necessarily the style that he likes to go for. That's the one that he'll pick because that's the one that he likes. You know, I'll, I'll be able to find a hole in that. I'll be able to, Aye. I'll be able, I'll be able to chat about it and and have an interesting discussion. And and I've been I've been holding off on the the Cold Stone Cream Austin because the the sort of ice cream pale ale is is a style that I really struggle to to sort of get on board with because. You know, I've not got an overly sweet tooth, and and sometimes they can be sort of proper cloy and 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 sweet and and stuff. But I think in this instance, um, the the inability to use lactose has kind of worked massively in your favour because it's not it's not offensively sweet. It's just a nice sort of background sweetness, and the pineapples there, and even even the cakiness. I mean, I don't, you know, that that kind of biscuity cakiness comes through at the end. Um, after the sweetness, um, and it's it's just absolutely superb. It really is, and, and it's pineapple, you know, and that's it. It's it's prop, you know, you can taste it, and it's not an unidentifiable sweetness. And as soon as no. you open it, as soon as you open the can, you can smell, you can smell the pineapple, and and as soon as you taste it, you can smell that you can taste the pineapple. It's not it's not an unidentifiable fruit flavor. It's pineapple, yeah. and yeah, it's brilliant. Love it. Yeah. And if you had a bingo card, or how many times Callum said pineapple, you've gone to a winner. <laughs> oh, well, there's pineapple in the beer, mate. What do you want? What do you want from me? Yeah, I'll tell you what. For the 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 fourth edition of when we come on, then I'll do another version of Coldstone, 
along with the banana, the banana beer. But we'll do a beer that is, is going to be so fruity that Callum has to say the beer, to say, to say the fruit over and over again, and we'll do a drinking game. Every time yeah. we get oh, extra, fruit, we all do a drink. 100 yeah, nice. One million percent. The thing is, well, with that, that'll be like, like just like halfway through the beer, it just kind of somehow without having lactose, it just all of a sudden becomes like creamy and ice creamy and stuff, and it just, I, it's weird. It's 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 awesome. Mm-hmm. It's genuinely really 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 nice. It's, so, it's, it's a, yeah. is it bad? Yeah. Sorry, to, but is it bad when I opened this can that I was hoping that it would make the breaking glass sound as if like. Uh. <laughs> 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 Please tell me how you've not managed to get that involved. I, I, uh. I'm, I'm um, legal, very, very severe legal reasons. <laughs> that makes sense. I had to resist. I had, I had to resist the urge to pour it all in my face and then crunch the can and throw it. <laughs> <in>, you know. <laughs> all, all I'll say is that is a very, very acquired skill because I've done it a lot, and uh. it always requires two takes. Because the first take, I always forget to not breathe. <laughs> when you do it, and all you do is you just ingest about two, about a pint and a half worth of liquid into your face at once, and so right. the first thing just goes, <coughs> and you're right. coughing and spluttering beer everywhere. So it's a case of <laughs> do it and then not breathe as the beer pours over your face, and also preferably do it in your back garden so at least you can quickly, you know, take your t-shirt off and go for a shower. Definitely, definitely. But no, it's that like for me, it's. That was my first beer, but it's just it's like Calm said, pineapple, hundred percent pineapple, and and it's a fucking good beer, fucking I, good I, beer. I, I appreciate that, guys. It's, it's it's the reason why it's become our biggest selling beer. The original version, the vanilla version, the standard one. Um, it's it's surpassed Path Mango this year is becoming our biggest selling beer. Yeah. Um, so we, we've sold more of that this year than we have on Path Mango. So we, we won the the Seba um, Silver Award for Keg Specialty Beer in the Northwest. Um, last year as well, which was uh, this year, which was absolutely fantastic. Um, but it's just it's just the versatility of being able to do whatever flavor you want with it. With it being ice cream, you can just yeah. mess around with it. You can play around with it. You can do um, different flavors. So that I do have the intention. Somewhat when I get some rum barrels, I really want to do a rum raisin version of it. Oh, and eat it in rum barrels. That sounds awesome. I can't see how that would be a bad thing. Um, no. I, you know. I want to do like I want to do a tutti fruity version at some point, which I think would be really awesome. Christ, tutti fruity, Jesus Christ, fucking hell! Yeah, I want to do a um a, a combination of, of Stone Cold Steve Austin and the Hardy Boys. I want to do a Twister of Fate. Ah, okay. So, I like that. Just Twister ice cream beer, which I think would be really interesting. So again, it's just that 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 platter of ideas that I get, which. They, they all when, when you say them in in, in, a, in a in a row, they all sound really good. But then you realise that these ideas come at like half eleven at night when you're trying to sleep. And either <laughs> I can't sleep, or I really piss off my girlfriend by going, "Oh my god!" She's like, "Go to sleep, shut up, no one cares." <laughs> no more ideas. Sleep now. Sleep now. Exactly. Your eyes. Yes. Um, no, I was going to ask Neil, sort of Gav, if you've got no, what, what's what's the biggest difference other than the oh, I see the obvious with. What we're tasting today in terms of obviously these are canned beer and then the kind of the profiles of the beers when they're in cask because like there's something so like traditional and honest about cask beer. There and you know, I know it like depending on where it's poured and all that kind of stuff as well and making sure it's but when it's done properly, it's 
it's it's it's a bit of a it can be an experience, I suppose, is where I'm going with that. Like, how does like like pineapple ice cream beer, for example, like hold up, or does it shine even more in cask compared to it being probably more carbed in can? Uh, I mean, we've not done the pineapple one. We in the past we've done lemon cheesecake, we've done raspberry ripple, we've done um, obviously original cold stone, we've done mango cold stone. So we, we, we do we do do the, the flavor variations into cask as well. And then from from our standpoint, there is zero difference between a keg and a cask beer. If we're doing a beer, it gets brewed the exact same way. We don't kind of go, oh, it's going with the cask. We can put a little bit of that into it. Yeah. Now, it's the same fucking beer. It's getting served in the exact same way. Put the exact same amount of crap into it. It's getting done the exact same way. So if you if you go to a pub and you drink the same beer from us on Kevin Cast, you can guarantee it's the exact same beer. There has been no changes whatsoever. Um, I think it comes down a lot to, particularly with cask as well, cask is one of those things that does require love. As much yeah. as I love keg beer, keg beer can be, can be very much plug it in, off you go, done, pour it, fine. Keg, cask beer is one of those things that requires a lot of love. It requires a lot more attention. Again, having worked in cask bars in the past, knowing that it takes that little bit of extra time to get done properly, um, having it a little bit softer works really nicely as well. Um, and then there's there's also the, the the biggest issue, which is, and I know it's it's an undefinable quality, but it's being in the pub with a pint of cask beer. It's something that you can't quite explain. That I I'm sure that someone's tried to sit down and do a quantifiable study on it. But I don't know what the, the the parameters are for that study as to how to make it a justifiable experience. But there's something of being in a pub with a pint of cask beer and drinking it, whether it's with your mates that you've known for 20 years and chatting random shit, or whether it's chatting to some fellow that you've just met two minutes ago and you've bought a pint each and you stood there chatting at the bar having a pint. There's just something about being in that environment and being in that particular pub at that point in time that makes it really, really good and really, really special. Um, that, 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 that's my personal belief anyway. It's, yeah. it's something very, very different. Um, and then, of course, you've got the age-old the age old argument of sparkle or not, which <laughs> I love because I've got, I've got a mate of ours who's who, the only pub in Liverpool called the Little, little Tapper in Agbeth Road. He's just got a tattoo of a sparkler, which is great. <laughs> and every single time I do an event down south, I always make the joke about saying to the saying to the, uh, the barman, "Don't worry, I'll uh, I'll take the take the sparkles on top of the uh, the cask with the pumpkin for you." <laughs> just do the kind of, you just see that, that, that issue where they're like, "Is it too late to cancel the tap takeover?" <laughs> <laughs> I was talking with cast today. A total random off the top here, but like I was in a pub today and I was sitting. I was playing the like the, the, the manager by the bar, and this boy comes in. And uh, gets himself. He will have a, a half pint. He says half pint of whatever Cascale is on. Don't care. He says just whatever's on, whatever's the freshest. And he says and a half a whiskey or whatever. And I was like, we half and a half. And he was like, you're too young to know we half and a half. I was like, no, no, no. I grew yeah. up with half and a half. And he was, and we got into this long discussion about the old. Like uh, he was calling them the old timers, where you would go into the pub and you would get a pint of Cascale, whatever was on. I might have my favourites, like because I go into a certain pub and they have the certain stuff on all the time. But I'm going to have Cascale because it's 
the truest form of beer, as he put it today, and I'm going to drink the the water of the earth as such and whiskey and um, and uh, and I was just thinking like this is uh, it's funny how why well, we all grew up in the same pub where the half and a half was a thing, and I just thought it was like perfect like obviously in in Scotland like proper cask cask ale. It's a Scottish brewery drank, which was even better, and then a whiskey to go along with it. So there might be some we can incorporate that, get a a, a wrestling half and a half combination where it's a cast beer and then a chaser of some kind. With it. I'm, I'm again, I'm I think it's a, it's a war games beer. Uh, war games well, beer then. Well, sure, sure, that's going to be a, a whiskey barrel aged beer, but it's cask. Oh, mm. that. Because that way you're getting your half and your half at the same time. That half and a half IPA. Bingo. No, half and, can I have two half and a halves to make it a pint? <laughs> <laughs> or, or even even better, just just make it like a, a, a you know a, a dipper or a tipper. That way you only have to have a half and you're done. And you're done. And you're done definitely. Um, more so on the, the wrestling side of things. Um, we've obviously been speaking about the beer. Fantastic as always. Um, I thought I would ask everyone this question and I don't think I asked it when you were first on so fuck it, I'm going for it um, Favourite um, wrestlers theme music wrestling theme music I should say whether it be past, present or future maybe not future, obviously do you have a favourite um, I'll go first and give you guys a, a little chance to think oh, about I've got it mine. I'm in. Are you, are you got yours then going in D Mine's is Triple H the game, or whatever you call it, the was it the Motorhead number? Mm-hmm. Can I, I, I want to make a quick side note to that. A, it's awesome because it is Motorhead, but it was not written by Motorhead. All right, all right. Well, it was, oh, it's no, it, it's amazing that the, the the guy that wrote it, Jim Johnson, who was the the, the music writer for WWE at the time, um, he managed to write a Motorhead song that sounds exactly like any other Motorhead song, but was not Motorhead. Which is oh, just like for me again, as again as a former musician, it's like baffling that somebody can write a song in the style of another musician that everyone kind of goes, "It's Motorhead." You kind of go, yeah. "Actually, not in the yeah." It's baffling. He, he wrote. He wrote game, quite. He, he did quite a lot of the, the themes for all the wrestlers actually. Up until about three years ago, when he got let go for some reason. Yeah. So yeah, Jim Johnson was great. That's, a great, had, that's uh, a great idea. Let's just let go of the guy who makes the fucking greatest theme music you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> Probably too yeah. much money. Probably, no well, doubt. Gil, you got one yourself? Uh, probably um, just for just for funniness. Um, Vince and Shane McMahon's theme music, the No Chance stuff was brilliant. Well, that, that, <laughs> Shane's, Shane's one different. Shane's, Shane's one was... Shane's, here comes the money! Aye. Uh, aye Vince's is, is unbelievable. Also, but it's be, between that and Shawn Michaels. Yeah, true. It's a bit of a classic. For me. Oh. Mankind. The oh. the one the what the one with the car crash at the start and then the ah, Cactus Jack. Da, 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 da. That one. Is it not? Is it not? Oh, no, no. No. That's... Well, that's, well, that shows my ignorance in in, in, uh, in wrestling, but that was you know the the limited exposure that I had, that was always one that I liked. <laughs> whoever, whoever, whoever's theme that was, I thought it was Mankind, but obviously no. no, 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 the, no the, yeah. the car crash is Mankind, but Mankind actually you have to two different people. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I'm 
I'm going to go slightly more recent, um, just because I, I one I love the song now, um, is CM Punk's um, "Cult of Personality" is one of my favorites at the moment. Yes, I um, think it's fucking awesome. Yeah, going going currently, it's it's Judas. Uh, Judas is pretty good. Judas, Judas, because it's it's a you know a song written by Fozzy, which is you know Chris Jericho's entrance yeah. theme by himself, which is just a baller ass move. Um, it's also a really good, like, cheesy ass 1980s style rock song, mm. <laughs> um, which is basically what he does. I think all time, um, I mean, Glass Shatters, you know, Steve Austin comes out, that's it's a, it's a tough one to beat. Um, you get the rocks, the rocks music is pretty fucking cool, but just some guy shredding on a guitar for half an hour. Yep, sounds fucking ideal for me. What yeah. was the, um, the, the start to Edgy's one? Back the, oh. hang on, the that was always quite funky because like I, I don't know if the song's any good but if you it was like if you're talking about entrance like it's uh, Met- Metalingus by Alter Bridge uh, that's exactly what I said but um, <laughs> like... <laughs> the, uh, I remember um, the other one I remember was tests tests you just said his name quite good test test this is test was also quite good. I've just remembered what, what the actual greatest wrestling music of all time is, and there is no dispute in this fact. It is The Brood. Mm. That so is just some breathing. greatest entrance music because um, last, uh, earlier this year, Edge actually came out to that music yep. pro- did it properly, which is annoying because a week later, um, Gangrel was meant to appear on AEW TV. Oh. So they had to scrap that, but... He did. He did come out later on because we had um, the young bucks in AEW were having a feud with Matt and Jeff Hardy. Yeah, and so oh, the young yeah. bucks came out dressed as Matt and Jeff Hardy, giving it a full beans. And the fellow that runs their camera, called a fellow called Brandon Cutler, came out dressed as Lita, <laughs> full high waisted thong and everything. It was boss. Oh, they came man. out and did that whole spot, and then they brought Gangrel out as well. So actual Gangrel came out and then got DDT. It was brilliant. But yeah, the, 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 the Brood music is the single greatest wrestling entrance theme song of all time. Did, did he my... did he spit the did he spit the Ribena and everything? <laughs> yeah, the, 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 un, the undiluted pure concentrate double double squash uh, Ribena was spat everywhere. It was brilliant. All over his white shirt. It was ruined. Excellent. Fuck the COVID. Uh, fuck COVID. Eh? Fuck the COVID. <laughs> Have that, you bastard. I love just lastly, um, it's just the that just the very very start of it. It's the the guitar bit from it's Bret Hart. It's the fucking guitar oh, screeching. Yeah. Love that, love yeah. that. In fact, the whole song's lovely. Love that stuff. Love that. Um, Mark, you had a new segment you wanted to to, to do your thingy. Are you doing it? Ah, I'm happy to do seg- segment. So we've done um, three beer, like three words to describe. Uh, well, Callum did anyway. He done three words to describe a beer, and I was I had a long drive the day, and I was on Talk Sport, and they were talking about that. Is it the three word? app thing where basically yeah. any point in the 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 world has um like three words to describe it as like gps sort of thing and yeah. they were actually using it to describe premier league and championship football grounds and they were like what would be the word to describe each of these places and i thought it would be quite a cool idea to be like what would be the three words that would describe the breweries and and things that we're speaking to and like as a bit of, like as a bit of a laugh and like 
it kind of got me thinking, like, is there three words that would describe, and I'm not saying top rope brewing, because that's obviously... <laughs> no, like, that's a bit on the beak, isn't it? That's But, you know, like, you know, is there any words that kind of jump out? And I know I'm totally, like, no one knows of the has not heard of this. I'm calling it a segment, but no one's heard of this before this exact second, so... Hence the reason I'm rambling to let you think of three words, basically. But I'll point out if you want to make the make the the, uh, the, the section even the segment even better, find out what the what three words are for each brewery. Yeah. Mm. Get their section up first and find out what the actual. Yeah, Scott is on it. Scott is working out what it is now. Um, I'll figure it. Out. He's trying to find out what the actual what three words for top rope brewing are. Obviously, um, googling. I think in, in terms of. It's going to force me to download this app now. Right. I've already got it because I had weird. T- I, I was because you regularly get fucking lost. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it was. Uh, it was because we were talking about like because we were talking about this earlier, and I was like, "It's really bad that I've never actually heard of this." So, what? It's, it's been around. We, we, we've actually got. We, I do actually have our our what three words, and I need to, I need to put it on our um, like you know the, the contact page about top rope about the access stuff. It's something I need to actually have added on because it's becoming quite a big thing. Um, I mean, in terms of of who we are and what we do, the the, the three words that would describe top rope, uh, I would go with beer, wrestling, and shit. Beer, wrestling, shit. <laughs> beer, re- beer, wrestling, and run seal. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'll take that one instead. Beer, wrestling, run seal. I I I I kind of think it's better than that. No, that sounds adequate. Yeah. I, I still think the the, the the Ron Seal joke is my second favorite. Um, shit, dad joke I've come up with about beer. My favorite one is always when you you know when you have one of those like big imperial stouts that's like two hundred and seventeen percent, but tastes about five. Aye. I always consider that to be a Kenny Loggins beer. Dangerous <laughs> one. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Which I also point out, I only have, I only watched Top Gear for the Top Gun for the first time the other day. Aww. What? I've never seen it before. What's wrong with you, man? What? No. I don't it's... think we can. I don't think we can be friends, Neil. Nothing really happens in it. Oh, come on, man. Planes, there's planes and freaking volleyball. It's good, man. Uh, it's volleyball. <laughs> the volleyball's tremendous. I've, I've definitely seen the volleyball scene, but in, diff- in different films. Uh, <laughs> there's planes and volleyball. It's good. That's, a, that's all you need. There, there's three words for it. Let's face it. This must still have your, your old address in it for a, for the brewery, because after, after Babbage Road and Sandy Croft, I can't see any of the words. And I don't think that's as a result of the three beers I've had. <laughs> no, yeah, Hampton Road and Sandy Croft are the two definitely older sites. So don't go to either of those. I'll, uh, I'll sort that out and find out what it will or be. You'll be definitely. By the way, but they're, not too, they're not too terrible. For the, the, these three words for that section is, is not too bad. Natively, well, I mean... natively, barn, drip. <laughs> that's not too bad. Natively, <laughs> barn, drip. Yep. I mean, that, I mean, to be fair, that does sound like a craft beer. That sounds like a name of a beer. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what you should do. You should get your uh, this three words and make it a, a beer name. Native barn drippings. It's a really bad metal album. Yes. <laughs> then the, what was the other one? The, the close one was spent torn jokes. Yeah. 
spent torn jokes. Spent again, torn that, jokes. That, again, sounds quite appropriate, really. Again, could, could easily describe this podcast at some occasions, 100%. Um, Neil, um, if no one has ever tried your beer before, where is the best place for them to try it and get their, their hands on it? I mean, the, 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 quickest, the quickest route is just going to toprotebrewing.com. Um, where we've got all of our cans are available. Uh, we've got tasting box, 50 quid, which includes 12 beers of, of different selections. Um, we've got a few um, guest beers at the moment from Tenby Bruco, who are down in South Wales. Nice. Uh, we, did a, we did a collab with them uh, recently, which was amazing. What was amazing was the six and a half hour motorbike ride that I thought would be really fun, but then it was turned out to not be very fun riding motorbike six and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but going to Tenby is amazing. Uh, their beers are fantastic. Uh, we did a, did a collab with those guys, did an event at a place called Hub in Narbeth, which is gorgeous. Um, but yeah, toprotebrewing.com. You've got all of our current, I think, 10 or 12 different beers that are available. Um, otherwise, uh, we've got pubs nationwide that are buying bottles and cans and kegs and casks. Um, so kind of go to your pub. If your pub hasn't got it, ask the buy Top Rope and tell them to get in contact with me. That's the easiest way. Definitely. Definitely. Um, like you said, if you're your bottle shop where your local bar doesn't have it, um, get in touch with Neil and, and ask them why they don't have it. Ask them why. Because you're not going to be disappointed. Like I said, full of flavour. Um, every single beer, like I mentioned, just punches you in the face with aroma, which is what you want. And um, like Calm said, it's Ron Seal. Does what it says in the tin, 100% with every single one of these beers. Get yourself to topropebrewing.com Grab yourself some of the beverages. You will not be disappointed whatsoever. Hit them up on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the social medias. While you're there as well, you can search for the Beer Fridge Podcast. Like, follow, and share as always. Um, show your support for the podcast by subscribing wherever you listen to this podcast and heading to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Beer Fridge Podcast. Show your support. Get some exclusive content and some homebrew from the guys as well. Drop us a wee five stars with a massive slags to five stars. And we appreciate that as well. My name's Gavin, that's Calm, Scotty and MD. Neil, absolute pleasure having you once again on the podcast. Um, uh, this appears to be a yearly thing, because it's um, apparently so. We'll see you next year, mate. Yep. <laughs> Sounds perfect to me. Until next time, cheer bye. 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 bye.